Good morning and welcome again to worship. My name is Andy Nelms and I have the privilege of being uh, associate pastor here at Lover's Lane, the pastor of Thrive. And, and again, I just want to welcome you, uh, whether you're here for your first time or uh, you've been here for a long time or uh, maybe you're online or in person, whatever the case, we are so glad that we have an opportunity to worship with you this morning. Uh, this morning, we are um, beginning a series called Irrational, um, Irrational, and, it, and it's really, um, really based on the fact that, you know, God loves you. God loves you, and, and, and that love is not rational. God's love for you is irrational, so much so that, that God gave up God's self in order to be in relationship with you. And that irrational love elicits a response. Uh, when we learn about the irrational love of God, we can't help but to respond to that love. And, and that's what we're going to talk about a little bit this morning, uh, purely in the terms of faith. Um, now, when I was a kid growing up, I grew up in the church. And, and when I was growing up and kind of learning about faith, I got kind of this, like, this skewed idea of faith. Uh, and here's why. I, I grew up... Um, at the First United Methodist Church of Coweta, Oklahoma. Um, if you don't know where Coweta is, it doesn't matter. But um, uh, it was small town, Oklahoma, uh, southeast of Tulsa. And, uh, and, and, you know, it was a very traditional church. Um, it was a traditional church. And, 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 and we did, like, all we could um, to, to, you know, to, like, make this, like, kind of thing, like, as rational as possible. You know what I mean? Um, we, we, we weren't, you know, we weren't real wild, you know. The, the, the preacher would speak real, you know, nice and calm, you know, so that they, we didn't wake up the older people who had fell asleep on the front row, you know. Like, when we got up to sing hymns, we would just work really hard, you know, to, like, stand as still as possible, um, you know. Like, if anybody swayed, you know, they were getting out of hand, you know. And, and, but, so I went to that on Sunday morning, um, but we had a family friend that actually led um, kind of a youth worship in his home. Um, it was called uh, Thursday Night Teens. We met on Thursday nights. And, and so I would go um, to this um, person's home on Thursday nights. And, and this was kind of a, a different bend. Um, uh, our, our friend attended the Baptist church. And, um, and, and this, was, this was really different. Like we would, we would be there and we would worship and it would go on for like a long time. Like just the worship element. And then, you know, we'd be in a living room just kind of like packed in. And, and, and we would be worshiping somebody playing the piano. We, we would just you know, be there and worship him, uh, and then somebody would preach, and, and they would preach for another long time, and, and this kind of extended, and, 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 and a lot of the topics that we would talk about, like in this Thursday 19 group, would be about faith, would be about faith, and, and the things that you kind of just have to do on faith. We didn't really talk about faith that much um, in my very traditional um, um, church, and, and, and that's when I've, I've come to realize that Maybe for some of us, maybe this doesn't describe you, but for some of us, faith seems irrational to us. Faith seems irrational to us. Maybe, um, maybe you've been a church person all your life. Maybe you've always believed in Jesus. And, and you know, and, and you say, like, well, like, the faith things, like, in order to, like, necessitate faith, it has to be a little irrational, you know? Like, like in order for it to be faith, it has to be irrational. Maybe you've grown up in church and heard that, or maybe you don't know what you believe. Uh, maybe you don't believe in Jesus. Maybe you're watching this morning just kind of trying to check things out, and, and you say, you know, like, I just want rationality. And I see these church people doing this stuff, you know, and they're, they're rolling up and down 
the aisles, you know, and they're, they're, they're talking about like what they do with their finances. They're talking about all this stuff, and it all just seems so irrational to me, right? Regardless of, of what you believe, for some of us, faith seems irrational, but Here's what I hope we would know this morning, and I'm going to hopefully, you know, spend some time talking about this, but here's what I believe about faith, that faith is a rational response to the irrational love of God. If we, if we don't remember anything else this morning, I hope we remember this. Faith is the rational response of the irrational love of God. When we learn about who God is, about what God has done for us, when we, when we come into contact with the love of God, we can't help but respond. It is, it is rational. It is, a, it is a natural outcome. Faith is. And so in order to talk about this this morning, uh, we're, we're going we're gonna to get whiplash this morning. In order to talk about that this morning, I'm going to read one of the most irrational scriptures in the Bible. Um, this is it. If you were looking for it, you're like, man, I really hope I get to hear some, like, some irrational stuff out of the Bible. This is it. You, you came uh, to, to the right um, worship this morning. We're going to read one of the most irrational texts in the Scripture. And if you've, uh, if you've grown up in church, maybe you've heard this before. And um, this is, um, this is the, the, what, the, uh, what we call sometimes the, the binding of Isaac. Um, Abraham, uh, who's the father of Isaac, receives these words. We're going to be in the book of Genesis, chapter 22. If you have your Bible with you, depending on how you use your Bible, if it's on your phone, uh, whatever the case, I encourage you to use it this morning. Um, uh, Life is better when we use our Bible, and and not just on Sunday mornings, but really throughout our lives. So I encourage you to use the scripture this morning. Uh, Again, we're going to be in Genesis, chapter 22. We're going to start with verse 1. We read this. After these things, God tested Abraham. God said to him, Abraham, and Abraham said, here I am. God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I will show you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. He cut wood for the burnt offering and set out and went to the place and the distance that God showed him. This is an irrational text for so many reasons, right? Like on its face, right? God tells Abraham to, to take his son up on Moriah, this mountain, and, and sacrifice um, Isaac uh, as a burnt offering. Now, now in this time, um, child sacrifice was, I, I, I will say, normalized, right? This, it's not necessarily popular, but, but for those who believe that they are called, this was something that other people of different religious traditions did. And so Abraham receives these words from God to go and do these things. And, and here's another thing that's just kind of like a side irrationality, right? Like that's weird. Uh, another side thing is, and we read, you know, take your son Isaac, your only son, comma, who you love. Well, those of us who know the, the story of Abraham know that Isaac is not his only son, right? There's, there's Ishmael uh, that he's had with Hagar. Now, 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 granted, that's not a, you know, the, it's not considered part of the, like, Abrahamic covenant. That's not part of the covenant that God gave Abraham, but God still promises to protect Ishmael. So when God tells uh, Abraham to sacrifice his only son, it, it gets confusing because we're like, wait, 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 he, he had another son. What is this text doing? So we we, we read this, it's, it's irrational. We keep going and we read this. 
In Genesis 22, we're going to skip um, a few verses. We're in verse 9 now. When they came to the place that God showed him, Abraham and Isaac, when they got finally to the place that God showed him, Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand, took the knife to kill his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. The angel said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in a thicket by its thorns. Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. Um, I, I, I believe that all scripture is God-breathed. Uh, as Second Timothy tells us, that, that, that all of it is in, inspired by God. Um, but there are some times when I read texts and I, and I just say, man, I really wish that wasn't there. You know, God, what are you doing with this scripture? You know, and, and I've heard people, you know, other pastors um, and, and um, that I believe are, are, are speaking very genuinely um, preach about this passage and preach about the faith of Abraham. Right, the, the obedience of Abraham, that, that even though child sacrifice was very typical um, in Abraham's time, that explains um, kind of the, the, the initiative of Abraham to go and do this thing, and, and that God um, used this as a sign um, for Abraham, to, as a test for Abraham, uh, to, to see if Abraham was willing to, to, to go you know, this far with his faith in God. I... I I, I think I struggle with this text. I really do. I, everything in me did not want to preach about this text this morning. Um, but, but, you know, there's other pastors that are part of this church that said, Andy, you just got to suck it up, you know? So, so here I am. But, but here's the thing about this text. I believe that it forces us into two camps. Either we celebrate Abraham's blind obedience to God. Blind obedience, please put it strong. Devotion to God. Or, or, Abraham either misunderstood or failed the test. So we can either celebrate Abraham's obedience and say, you know, Abraham did the right thing. He, he was willing to sacrifice his son. But here's the thing. If any of you ever came up to me Right, and we're just like, Andy, I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm so excited. You know, can we talk for a second? You know, like, okay, let's let's talk for just a minute. You know, um, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited to tell you, I've, I've heard from God. I've, I've heard God speak to me, and I'd say that's great. You know, like, what did, what did God say? And they said they, God wants me to sacrifice my child. I would say, don't do it. <laughs> And even if you were like, whoa, whoa, but, 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 but God's going to provide a sacrifice, right? Other people say, well, well Abraham knew that, that, that God was going to provide a sacrifice. Still, don't do it. What, what, is that, what is that teaching your son or your child about the, what God wants from you? I mean, there's so many things that are, that are so complex about this story that I can't wrap my head around. Abraham, either we celebrate this, this 
total devotion to God. And if you walk away this morning and say, you know what, that's what I believe about that scripture, you are still welcome here. That, this is not a prerequisite to, in order to worship here. There is, there is room for you here. But maybe, just maybe, maybe there's a hint of that God-breathed scripture underneath the scripture. I said that, that maybe Abraham either misunderstood, as, as there are many in the Jewish tradition believe, or Abraham, in fact, failed the test. You see, just um, uh, 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 about four chapters earlier, four chapters earlier, we, um, we read of, of Abraham receiving this divine promise from God, um, right? Maybe some of you have, have heard this scripture in which Abraham is um, sitting under an oak tree and he sees three strangers and he invites them in, shows them radical hospitality, um, prepares a feast for these three strangers. They turn out to be angels, um, and, um, or, or the presence of God in flesh um, or in spiritual form there before Abraham. And uh, Abraham hosts um, these three individuals and then um, walks them to a point in which they can see um, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. These, um, these three beings are about to process into Sodom and Gomorrah. The, the next few chapters after this are going to be um, the destruction of those two towns. And this is what we read. Um, again, we're in Genesis chapter, 20, uh, chapter 18, uh, verse 20 now. So we've gone backwards uh, four chapters, but, but I'll tell you why in just a second. The Lord said, uh, now God is speaking directly to Abraham, how great is the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah and how, uh, how very grave their sin. I must go down and see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry that has come to me. And if not, I will know. God um, tells Abraham God's plan to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, to destroy this entire town, all, all of these people. God tells Abraham God's plan. And then this happens. Two verses earlier, this happens in verse 23 of Genesis 18. Abraham came near and said, will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there are 50 righteous within the city. Will you then sweep away the place and not forgive it for the 50 righteous who are in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to slay the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous fares the wicked. Far be that from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do what is just? And the Lord said, if I find 50 righteous in the city, I will forgive the whole place for their sake. But it doesn't stop there. Abraham continues. Abraham continues to say, well, okay, so if there's 50 righteous people, you won't destroy the entire city. What about 40? What about, what about 40 righteous people? Is that me? Oh, dear. That is an ill-placed. I was on a roll, man. It was going to get hot. Hey, Mackenzie, can I have your microphone? Thank you, man. All right. So, so, 
so what if there's 40? Thank you, Don. Yeah, 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 yeah. What if there's 40? Uh, Abraham says, God, what if there's 40 righteous people in the city of Sodom and Gomorrah? What, what, what if there's 40 righteous people? God says, fine. If there's 40, I will not destroy it. Abraham says, okay, what about 30? Abraham, uh, God says, fine. If there's 30 righteous people, I will not destroy it. What about 20? 20 righteous people in this town. If there are 20 righteous people, will you destroy it? God says, no. Abraham says, what about 10? Ten righteous people, if there are ten righteous people in this town, would you destroy it? And God says no. Abraham fights. For this town and these people that he doesn't know. I think that's the most irrational faith there is. That, that when it comes to faith, when it comes to the natural response, the, the rational response to God's irrational love, I believe it's here. It's fighting for people. It's fighting for the lives of people. Not almost sacrificing your son. That I, 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 I believe that either, you know, m- maybe there was like, maybe there was like some static in the communication, you know, like, like God said, you know, I, I said to sacrifice your fun, you know, or like whatever, I don't know, but like, you know, like m- maybe, I, or, or maybe God said you fought for Sodom and Gomorrah. How much will you fight for your flesh and blood? And again, if you walk away this morning and you say, you know what, that's not what I believe, I, I want to encourage you and just say, you know, continue, continue and, and, and study scripture and, and pray and, and I'll do the same thing. You know, I, I've been wrong before, uh, one time, but I've been wrong before. But as I learn about the nature and love of God, I, I have to believe that there's something to this. And so here's my, my encouragement to you this morning. is not to believe as I believe. Um, it, it is not that. Here's my encouragement to you this morning is to discern God's invitation to faith. Discerning God's invitation. God is inviting you into faith. This, this rational response to who God is, to God's irrational love, God is inviting you into that. Whether you have never been a part of this church, whether you don't believe in Jesus, whether you've been a part of this church your entire life, God is inviting you into faith. And you say, well, what will that look like? What, is that, what does that look like? Here are like two things that I believe um, are kind of like prerequisites to like, if, is God inviting you into this? Um, here's the first thing. It leads to life. It leads to life. Um, it, not just like physical life, but, but Jesus said in the Gospel of John, I, I came that they may have life and have it in abundance, right? And, and I believe that abundant life is not just some far off hereafter after you die. It, it includes that, but I also believe it starts now. It, it leads um, to a fulfilled life now. That, that, that if God is inviting you into faith, it leads to some kind of fulfilled life. And here's the other thing that it will take. If God is inviting you into something, it will take this. It will require a sacrifice from us. It will take a sacrifice from you, not somebody else. 
right? God is not saying, hey, I'm inviting you to this faith, and, and, and you need to go take this thing from your neighbor so that you can sacrifice it to me. That's, that's not a sacrifice, right? But, but, but God is asking something from you. Jesus said, those who don't lay down their life cannot follow me. Their life, not somebody else's life, their life. God is inviting you to lay something down. To give up something of yourself so that you can follow him. Scripture of Hebrews tells us that faith is a belief in things hoped for, a conviction of things not seen. A belief in things hoped for, a conviction of things not seen. And, and sometimes we read that and we think, well, okay, so a prerequisite for faith is that we can't see it, and, and so we just kind of have to believe in it. And I think that's part of it, but I also think that faith, this conviction, this hope forness, means that we bring it to pass, that our faith in that thing brings it to pass. It brings it here so that we believe that there is love when others see hate. We believe that there is unity when others see division. We believe that there is hope when others see hopelessness and we bring it here. And I believe that that is a rational response to the irrational love of God. Will you pray with me? God, we are so thankful that you love us. We are thankful that you gave up your life for us. While we were far off, while we were yet sinners, God, you gave up yourself for us so that we could have life and have it in abundance. God, we didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. There was nothing that we did beforehand that could have earned what you did for us, but God, you did it anyway. And we are so thankful. God, I pray that this morning we would be moved to response. God, that, that as we have learned about your love for us, we would be compelled to do something about it. That we would be compelled to love other people the way that you have loved us. That we would be compelled to enter into relationship with you for what you have done for us. God, that we would be compelled. We can't help. We can't help but sing your praises, to love your people. God, we pray that it would happen. And we ask it by the power of the Holy Spirit and in the name of Jesus Christ, who came and lived and taught us even how to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.